Good afternoon and um, happy Easter and welcome to our Easter service here today. It's good to see everyone. Um, <clears throat> the Facebook post that um, advertises this Easter service, it says this, Did Jesus really rise from the dead? And doesn't matter if he did or didn't. And the the post has got a bit of reaction. And one person made this statement, this comment on our Facebook post. Of course it matters. If he didn't, your whole religion is based on a lie. And by the way, he didn't. Simon, who, who made this comment, he's absolutely right. It does matter. And Christianity is based on a lie if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. But is it a lie? Well, today I'm going to tackle this issue and we're going to ask two questions why does it matter that Jesus rose from the dead and how can we be sure that the resurrection is not a lie and I want to read from the Bible just three verses from First Peter this is why it matters that Jesus rose from the dead. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 3, 4 and 5. So we're going to spend 10 minutes on why it matters and 10 minutes on why it's true. Give or take. And we'll be finished by half past. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ According to his great mercy He has caused us to be born again To a living hope Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Just like this season of year, this passage, these verses that we've read are bursting with life they are bursting with life we see at the core of this passage in these verses is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead it is through the resurrection that we are born again 
the new birth and therefore the resurrection is the ground for a living hope or a lively hope if you've got an authorised version a li- the living hope of the Christian and it is because of the resurrection that those who are Christians here today have an inheritance which is beyond change and decay Now, Jesus had been crucified on the Friday, what we call Good Friday of Easter week. And the Roman soldiers, they had confirmed that he was dead. And we read of two secret disciples of the Lord, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, Members of the respected members of the council of 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 the the Jewish council, and they had taken the body of the Lord. They had wrapped it in linen cloth with a mixture of myrrh and aloes, and they laid him in a tomb. And they rolled a stone against the tomb. The Roman soldiers, they had sealed the tomb and they had set a guard. End of story. Or so the religious and the political leaders thought, even the disciples of the Lord thought. But we read in John chapter 20 Andrew read from John chapter 20 and we know that the story didn't finish on Good Friday when Mary Magdalene and other women came to the tomb early on the first day of the week the stone was rolled away and the tomb was empty Mary ran and she told Peter and Peter and John they they raced to the tomb and they also witnessed that the tomb was empty. Mary then met the risen Lord. He spoke to her and so did the other disciples. He had risen from the dead. He was alive physically literally and Peter who, who wrote these verses that we, 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 we read he, he had been a fisherman uh, from Galilee a tough northerner and Jesus had called him and 11 other men to be his disciples and we read about this in the Gospels and, and Jesus had, had told his disciples on one occasion and, and Peter was there and it says in Matthew 16 that from that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised and then it says this and Peter Notice this, Peter, 
took Jesus aside and he began to rebuke him and he said far be it from you Lord this shall never happen to you Peter and the other disciples they just could not get their heads round this what the Lord Jesus was saying that he was going to Jerusalem to be killed and to rise again on the third day even when they saw the empty tomb they struggled to believe but then they met the risen Lord they saw him with their own eyes they saw the nail prints in his hands and in his feet they heard him speak and their their lives were changed their lives were, were turned around from gloom to hope and they said the Lord has risen indeed and they they went and they preached this message it's amazing to see in, as we read on in the Bible as we come into the book of Acts chapter 2 seven weeks after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Peter stands in the streets of Jerusalem with thousands of pe- people gathered round and he preaches with boldness and he says this this Jesus God has raised up and of that we all are witnesses what a turnaround what a change and as we continue on in the New Testament we see how the disciples they went round and they continued with this message they preached the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus wherever they went the resurrection of the Lord was essential in their message and in their preaching and now Peter he writes this letter that we've read from First Peter and he writes another one Second Peter and we see that although many years have passed the resurrection is still so important to Peter and he's writing to these people who have become followers of Christ and these people are being persecuted for their faith and he tells them of a new birth that they've been born again they were dead in sins and in their trespasses but now they've been born again they've received life new life, eternal life they have received a living hope a living hope and they have had their future secured they have an incorruptible inheritance that cannot be spoiled it's beyond change and decay 
and it is all because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead he has caused us Peter says to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled and unfading it is because of the resurrection that I am born again that I have a living hope in my heart and that I have an inheritance in heaven which has been kept for me and it is because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and that's why it matters Paul in his sort of treatise on the resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15 he says this if in Christ we have hope in this life only we are of all people most to be pitied if we have if in Christ we have hope in this life only we are of all people to be pitied felt sorry for but in fact Christ has been raised Paul goes on to say from the dead the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep for by one man Adam came death but by a man Jesus has come also the resurrection of the dead and so it is through the resurrection that we have hope a living hope not for this life only but a hope which is beyond the grave and we desperately need hope let's face it the world is very bleak on most levels every level economically geopolitically and I was reading yesterday about eco-anxiety eco-anxiety is troubling many people today the fear that uh, of uh, the impact of climate change on the planet a recent survey of 10,000 people aged between 16 and 25 found that three quarters of those who had responded said that the future was frightening 56% said that they think humanity is doomed and BBC reported that many of those questioned perceived that they have no future I don't know how you're feeling today but today on Easter Sunday we have a message of hope the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a message of hope not a pie in the sky when you die kind of hope but a living hope a certain hope of a sure 
and a certain future and that's why the resurrection matters now we could say a lot more about why the resurrection matters and I've really only um, you know scratched the surface as, as we would say of this but how can we if it's so important then it is important that it is true and it is not a lie and how can we be sure that the resurrection is not a lie and to do that we must examine the historical evidence for the resurrection now before I do give you four evidences for the resurrection I want to say two things number one I cannot prove the resurrection beyond any doubt I can't, no one can no one can prove it with um, beyond any doubt and the second point is this, even if I could prove it beyond any doubt you would still need to exercise faith you would still have to put your trust in it you know faith and evidence are not mutually exclusive concepts you would, ha- you would need to put your faith your personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and make him your saviour trust that he died for you on the cross so let's consider um, this is stuck Tim (laughs) you can help me please it's not the buttons Um, we're going to think about four evidences now we've only got ten minutes left and I want to think first about the eyewitnesses you know the, the, the records in the four gospels in the bible are based on eyewitness accounts several independent witnesses record separate appearances of the risen Christ over a period of 40 days now at one point he appeared to more than 500 believers in, at, one, at one time and these witnesses these eyewitnesses went on to proclaim the message of the resurrection and many of them gave their lives for proclaiming it now skeptics have said well this is just a fabrication you know they were so excited about this whole thing that they they wanted it to happen and so they fabricated the story and there are different uh, ideas different theories of of what how how that was done but it's hard to see how such a hoax such a deception could have been pulled off and why would they do it anyway 
if they had fabricated the resurrection it's crazy to think they would die for a lie who would die for a lie and then a man called Chuck Colson he puts it really well Colson was a lawyer and an advisor to President Nixon during the Watergate uh, scandal in America in in the 70s if you remember and and Nixon ended up signing as president and many of his advisors ended up in jail including Nixon because they were covering up continually covering up for what they were doing and Colson, Chuck Colson later became a Christian he was given mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis when uh, I think he was in prison and he read it and he, he was saved he became a Christian he established a, a prison fellowship inter- international organization and, and Colson said this about the resurrection he says I know the resurrection is a fact and Watergate proved it to me how? because 12 men testified they had seen Jesus raised from the dead then they proclaimed that truth for 40 years never once denying it everyone was beaten tortured, stoned and put in prison they would not have endured that if it weren't true Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world and they couldn't keep a lie for three weeks you're telling me 12 apostles could keep a lie for 40 years absolutely impossible and so we have the eyewitness account of the resurrection and we were reminded this morning they didn't actually see the resurrection and what happened but they saw the empty tomb and they met the risen Christ now the second evidence is the women now this might seem a bit strange for us today but this is important that the gospels tell us and we had that in our reading today that it was the women who first witnessed the empty tomb and who saw the resurrected Jesus in the flesh now this may not strike us as significant but in the Greek or Roman world women and I quote were thought by educated men to be gullible in religious matters and especially prone to superstitious fantasy and excessive religious practices and in fact a second century philosopher called Celsus he laughed at the idea that a weeping woman Mary Magdalene was the first resurrection uh, first witness to the resurrection now if you were making this story up if you were fabricating the story of the resurrection why and you lived in the Greco-Roman world and you knew this why would you record that it was women who first saw the risen Lord if it hadn't happened but the Bible records it because that is what happened and so that authenticates the 
the account of the resurrection third piece of evidence and we're nearly done third piece of evidence is the Romans now this is important because a lot of skeptics have suggested that Jesus didn't really actually die he was simply resuscitated and that's why the story works he never really died he swooned or uh, he was unconscious and then he recovered somehow but the Romans they were experts at executions and knowledge of the Roman methods of executing criminals should help us crush the suggestion that Jesus simply swooned and revived the Romans didn't mess about they knew how to kill people they were experts and the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus was a very high profile crucifixion there's a lot of people there there's a lot of people who knew about it and there's no chance that the Romans these expert executioners would have botched this job and the Roman soldiers they would normally break uh, a criminal hanging on a cross they would break their legs so that they couldn't push up their bodies to gasp for air and that would hasten on the death and when they came when the Bible records this when they came to the cross and they saw the Lord Jesus they saw that he was already dead and so they didn't break his legs but they stuck a spear in his side just to make sure so to say that Jesus never really died is not a plausible suggestion he actually died the Romans made sure of that and so the Romans are an, an evidence for the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Now, finally, our last piece of evidence. Now, there are other, other evidences. And I realize that this doesn't put this beyond any doubt whatsoever. But I want to mention the spread of Christianity. And it's incredible to think that he was a man, the founder of a sect you know from a, a suppressed ethnic group in an obscure Roman province he lived poor he died young he never wrote a book he never raised an army he never sat on a throne Yet he became a founder of a movement which spread like wildfire and turned the world upside down. Could that really have happened based on a deception, based on a fabricated story? Within decades, the message of the risen Christ was spreading so fast and travelled in every direction 
to Europe, to North Africa, to Ethiopia, to Turkey, Armenia, Iraq, Persia, India, within decades. The message of Christianity spread like wildfire. And by 300 AD, despite of intense persecution, it is estimated that 10% of the people in the Roman Empire identified as Christians. And the message continues to spread. And it is growing faster than the world population is growing today. Still does. And what's really interesting about Christianity is this. That it's not a monocultural faith. Followers of Christ are more racially and culturally diverse than any other belief system. It could not have happened if it was based on a deception. The whole movement would have died instantly if it was based on a hoax, on a fabricated story. But instead, the message spread like wildfire and turned the world upside down. That's wonderful. So the Easter story is not a fairy tale to make us feel good about life it's a true account of what happened it's a verifiable account of one who willingly gave his life for us not because he had sinned but because of our sin and he rose victoriously and he is alive and through faith in this man in the Lord Jesus Christ in his death and resurrection you can experience new birth and receive a living hope and an imperishable inheritance in heaven. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time we have spent together. We thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you for the empty tomb. We thank you that he died on the cross but he didn't stay in the tomb he rose again victoriously we thank you for the, for this and we thank you for how this message t- turned the world upside down and we thank that it reached our shores and our lives and it's changed many of us here and we do pray that if there's, if there's anyone here today who's not been born again they may put their faith and trust in the risen saviour who died for them We ask this and give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.